What's going on, everyone? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the latest installment of the Man Cave Huddle. And you already know what it is. It's your boy, Greg. Now, look, normally I would have all these other things that I want to talk about. I have stuff scripted out for you guys where it's like, look, I want to make it seem as professional as I could be. But you know what? I'm just going to come to you straight from the hip right now. You know what? I'm not even going to be 100% professional. I've been sipping some wine, and I've been watching some playoffs, some Atlanta Hawks 76ers, some Phoenix Suns, and some uh, LA Clippers. And I just did not even think to myself how I wanted this to go. I just said, you know what? The game just ended between the Hawks and the Sixers, and let me just come on and talk. So if I sound whatever, tis what it is, man. Um, now, first, I want to talk about the 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 appetizer. Now, the appetizer was between the Suns and the Clippers. This was a game where you felt like, for me personally, I'm thinking like, look, man, these the Clippers are gonna come into this game and they're gonna be very heavy legged having played a prior game the way that they did and going to be in a position where these type of games go one or two ways. Either one team wins because they are in such rhythm and the other team wins because they are... They have the stamina laid down. And I think this was a game where the Phoenix Suns had stamina late down the stretch. Because when I look at this game and I'm watching the game, I didn't even know until they said it. Your man, Devin Booker, I don't know if I've said it before, but you make your name in the regular season, but you make your fame in the postseason. This is the guy who scored 70-some-odd points in a regular season game in the NBA. This is the guy who could ball out. But they've never made the playoffs. So he's never been on the stage where people could really appreciate his talent. Now, with Chris Paul out of this playoff game due to COVID protocol, what did Devin Booker do? He took it upon himself to be the lead big dog for this team, scoring 40 points, 11 assists, 13 rebounds. Now, I'm pretty sure this is his first career triple-double. Like I said, I haven't done any research. I haven't prepped for this episode. I'm just talking straight up from the hip. But I know that this is for sure his first playoff triple-double because other than the bubble last year, this is the first true postseason that he's experienced. And then what I'm also feeling is with Booker's 40 points, and you have DeAndre Ayton clapping back with 20 and 9 rebounds. That's 60 points. They scored 120 points. It's not that hard to believe that Ayton and Booker could be something for a, a, a while. And we didn't have any Chris Paul, like I said, that could sprinkle in 15, 20 crucial points along with the assists. Booker had to provide assists because he had to be a facilitator as well as a producer in this match. And like I said, with the with the with the Clippers, look, 
They'll be all right. I mean, you had guys like Reggie Jackson clapping with 24, PG-13, 34 points. It's just that these guys played a couple nights ago, and for the first time in the Clipper franchise history, have they ever competed in the Western Conference Finals. Now, will they get Kawhi? Cornrows don't lie back. That's a different conversation. That's a question. That's a whole other question to be asked. Because if he's back, along with Chris Paul, now you have a playoff finals. But if Kawhi isn't back, and even if Chris Paul takes a game, another game or two off, I still think that the Suns got the Western Conference Finals. But as I'm watching the Sixers and the Hawks in Easter Conference, one thing that I've learned with this new era, and when I say new era, I mean this three-point shooting up and down. It's easier to get triple-doubles now than it ever was, and it's easier to offensively score than it ever was. What I'll say is this. Um, seeing Kevin Durant in a game seven against the Milwaukee Bucks play the way that he did, send that game into overtime and empty out every bullet he had his chamber until true exhaustion to the point where he was shooting air balls because he just had no more lift in that body because he was that fatigued. That's how you go out. If you want to go out, that's how you go out. 40-some-odd points. I can't do nothing else. What else do you want from me? But then when you look on the opposite side, Giannis Antetokounmpo, everybody, and I said it too, going into that game, this was a big game for Giannis to win because if he loses, then it's just typical. And Giannis just becomes whatever. An average player. Not an average player, but an average great player. The perennial all-star, but you know he's never going to win the chip type of player. Now, upon winning that game, in the fashion that they did, you look at the Bucks a little bit different today. Why? Because now you have faith that Giannis can put up 40 points, 10 rebounds. We all know from the perimeter, he's not really giving you much. Everything that he gives you is in the paint. He could dominate in the paint. But now you look at Chris Middleton and you say to yourself, he hit some big shots. You look at the team and you say, wow, Drew Holiday, he is the third piece to that big three to where now if you double team Giannis, you rotate out on Middleton, you leave Drew Holiday one-on-one. And if he's a three-point shooter or not, that's cool. But all I know is this. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. And Drew Holiday hit eight big points in the fourth quarter with a couple threes that were needed. Now you have a big three. And throw in, sprinkle in there Brooke Lopez and the other role players. Now you're looking at the Bucks, And for me, for me, this year, upon defeating and slaying the Giant in the, the the Brooklyn Nets, and they'll be back because LeBron, 
Dwayne Wade and Bosh, they didn't win their first year in Miami. So let's not act like it was a bust and Brooklyn, they're finished and so on and so forth. They'll be back. Trust me, they will be back. But in this year's playoffs, no LeBron James and the Lakers. With the Clippers, you don't know if Kawhi is coming back or not. But then are the Suns for real? Or could they just be a phenomenon? I think they're for real. But upon the 76ers losing to the Atlanta Hawks, 103-96, you can't take the Hawks lightly because every round every team has and all the Hawks have done is just outshoot you and outscore you, obviously. They can spread the court, can the Hawks. But the thing about the Bucks is they can defend. With Lopez and Giannis, and Giannis' athleticism, they can defend the perimeter, and they can defend the paint. And they are tough to score on, unless you have the length to match up with them. Because they got ten, two seven-footers that play two different ways. To, this is... Giannis Antetokounmpo's best opportunity to win the championship. Yeah, I know you're hearing some extemporaneous noise, but you know what it is? Like I told you, we didn't prep for this. Things happen and they happen. But what I'm saying to you is this. With the team presently constructed, this is the best opportunity for the Milwaukee Bucks and Giannis Antetokounmpo to win the NBA title. They have to beat the Hawks, which is a a probable thing. And they have to beat the Clippers or the Suns. Whether it's not probable or not, that's not the question. The question is, is this. The Bucks aren't going to get any better than they are right now. Because players, I'm not saying they don't want to play in Milwaukee, but there are certain cities where players don't want to play in unless they know they're going to get a ring. The only reason why players wanted to play in Cleveland was because they knew they were going to get a ring. There's nothing to do in Cleveland. But if I'm going to get a championship ring, I'll chill out in Cleveland. We already know why players want to play in Miami, why players want to play in L.A., why players want to play in Philly, why players want to play in New York, why players want to play in Texas, why players want to play in... in other areas of the country. But there are certain spots where, and I'm not trying to knock Milwaukee at all, but it gets cold and there's really not a lot to do. But I'll tell you this much. If they win a ring, it's a different ballgame. It is a different ballgame, my friend. Now, speaking about tonight, look, There was a game that took place between the Hawks and the 76ers. And one thing that I want to say. Now, I already mentioned that the Hawks won this game 103-96. One thing that I want to say about this game is, is that I think with this new AAU era, or I shouldn't say era, but culture that we're in right now, where basically a lot of these NBA players are products of the AAU era where they are the top percentile in their group 
and they are expected to go to the league. They travel. They play in different arenas. They play in hostile crowds. And they deal with this stuff at the high school and if not younger than that level. So that when they get to the college or the NBA, it's nothing new for them. So for players to execute and produce on the road in a game seven, I know for me growing up, game seven meant that the home team was going to win because it was that, do you have the mental strength and capacity or just stamina to win a game on the road to where now it's like, look, the pressure is almost flipped onto the home team because the home team is so expected to win that if the away team is somewhat within the game or competitive in the fourth quarter, that they're going to win. And I, it, it's not a knock on AAU at all. I just feel like it's toughening a lot of these players at a younger age to where it doesn't matter if they're home or away. They know that with their game, they just got to show up and blow up. Barbecue and meal do. And when you're watching uh, uh, this game that took place this evening, you're watching the, the, the Atlanta Hawks, and you had Mr. Herter, Kevin Herter, show up with 27 points, 10 for 18 from the field. Trey Young, I know he calls himself Ice Trey Young. I'll say this. I think somebody left a tray out overnight. <laughs> And the Ice Cubes weren't as cold as he wanted them to be. Yes, he scored 21 points. Yes, he had 10 assists. But he also had six turnovers. And he went two for 11 for the three-point field and five for 23 for the game. Now, like I said, they won. He had 21 points and 10 assists. But all I'm saying, he wasn't ice cold Trey. He was lukewarm Trey this evening. But one thing that I've, I, I, any athlete knows when you play in, in, in an elimination championship game, there are always players that you don't expect to have big games, and they do. Jeff Green in game six, he had 27 points, a career high, and propel the Brooklyn Nets to a game seven. And when I look at this player, Kevin Herter, on the... Atlanta Hawks. Did you expect him to have as many points as he did? Yeah, I know everybody from Maryland is probably saying, yo, we know he was this nice. He's from Maryland, so on and so forth. I got that, and that's cool. But 27 points, stop. Stop it. I said stop. Stop it. But that was the player that this evening that showed up, showed out. And that's what helped propel the Hawks to the Eastern Conference Finals. And another player, too, that really doesn't get enough credit is John Collins, man. This dude had 14 points, 16 rebounds, and went 5 for 6 from the field. I mean, can somebody give him some love? Because this is the same dude that got his his, his face bust open by Julius Randle in the first round, right? And in this round, he's been dealt the blow of getting elbows to the forearm shivers, elbows to the forehead, whatever you want to call it, by Joel Embiid. And he's standing in there defending the best that he can. And then tonight, 
He gives you 14 points. Yeah, you heard what I said. I didn't produce nothing. That's extemporaneous noise. But like I, I'm getting back to my point. 14 points to 16 rebounds. This John Collins dude looks like the type of guy where he reminds me of a Draymond Green in that he may only score 14 points, but all 14 of those points are critical. All 16 of his rebounds are big rebounds. He's like that glue guy. That guy where when you see the flyers, the promos, the t-shirts, the star of the team, you don't see him. But the players on the team and the opponent knows that that player is the glue that keeps it all together. That's who I'm beginning to see who John Collins is for the Atlanta Hawks. What a night in the NBA. I mean, now you're having the Hawks and the Bucks. You have the Suns and you have the Clippers. This is going to be a lot of newness, a lot of young star power in the finals, whomever makes it. Because when you look at the Clippers, they're making history each time and each game they play because they've never been this far. When you look at the Phoenix Suns, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, they haven't been to the finals. When you look at the Easter Conference, you're looking at the Atlanta Hawks, Ice Cold Trey, this is a young team. They are way ahead of schedule. When you look at the Milwaukee Bucks, that's a team where they are battle-tested and they are built for this moment. When I look at the Final Four in the NBA, I'm looking at, look, I'm going to go with the Bucks, barring injury that they will win the NBA Finals. Can things change? Of course they could change. But you know how we do. Final four, that's what I'm going with for now. This is the Man Cave Huddle pick, okay? Now, as I do with every episode, I'm going to give y'all um, my, my, my positive quote. Before I do that, though, how about the Euro Cup? Germany rebounding against Portugal. How about Italia? Winning over Wales. What about the Copa? Brazil doing their thing. Argentina, they got a game coming up. I mean, I'm still going to talk to you about this stuff. It's just that tonight I want to talk NBA playoffs. But back to the back to the plan at hand. Positive quote. Which is, the person you're meant to be, the person you're meant to be with will never have to be chased, begged, or given an ultimatum. The person you're meant to be with will never have to be chased, begged, or given an ultimatum. Because if the universe knows, the universe knows. You just got to figure it out. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye, everybody.